0: Well, I'm just going to share, and, and it's been uh, very personal to me, and, and what I'm going through and what I'm going through, me personally, and I have not even come close to getting the complete truth of this, but I'm growing in it. And, of course, this is what God is, is working in me, and, of course, God will only work in us what he's already finished and worked out about us and, and uh, so again I uh, by no means if uh, I, I am right in the middle or I don't even know if I'm in the middle of this that God's doing but he's doing it in me personally and I know it's it is in John 3:30 he must increase but but I must decrease and I know it's John 3 verse 27 can any man receive anything boy if we could only get that one right if I could can a man receive anything Anything except it come from heaven. And that is Christ himself. But what I wanted to speak on and what God is, and I'm speaking on the counsel that God is still working in me and me still (laughs) just receiving and growing in it little by little. And that's, I'll read in Romans, the fifth chapter, Romans, the fifth chapter. And really, truthfully, it's, it's this, it's this word it's a it's a question that I didn't even realize that I had because of all the fears from the enemy and the voices and and the deception and accusation that was coming against me in my own personal thing that I God will not allow me to escape but to meet me in it and bring me through it. It's this question. It's how and I didn't realize it till this morning. How to get peace, how to get peace. Now, I'm I'm gonna read from the Amplified Bible. This is Romans chapter five, verse one. It says, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, acquitted, no guilt, no condemnation, acquitted, and giving a right standing with God, this is our position, through faith. And we know in Ephesians 2 verse 8 we're saved by grace and that's through faith and even that none of ourselves. It's the gift of God and not of works lest any man should boast and the only time we do boast and don't experience peace is in the unknown subtle self-righteousness that's in the flesh. So it is we've been given a right standing with God through faith let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Well, for us, he's our precious bridegroom in the most intimate way as the anointed, but even way, way more than Messiah, although, of course, it includes that. Verse 2, through him, also we have our access entrance introduction by faith into this grace this state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand and let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God moreover let us also be full of joy now let us exalt and triumph in our troubles <laughs> oh boy and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops the maturity of character, which is approved faith, dependence, and a tried integrity that never changes. And character of this sort, and this sort only, produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of the reality of our turn of our eternal deliverance such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for god's love has been poured out in our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us while we were yet in weakness when did we get this peace and what was it what was peace the effect of while we were yet in weakness powerless to help ourselves. At the fitting time, Christ died for and behalf of who? The ungodly. When did we get this righteousness? When did we get this peace? When? When we were ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone would even might dare to die. But God, separated from all of that, all by himself through his son, shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. He was for us when we were ungodly, when we were weak, when we had no strength. Therefore, in verse 9, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood his sacrifice how much more certain is it that we will be saved by him delivered from the indignation and wrath of God of course then that's wrath of God is based on John 3 verse 36 1 Thessalonians 1:10, and 1 Thessalonians 5 9 there is no wrath for us which is tribulation period, wrath uh, uh, brought down, and that's why there is none for us and we don't go through the tribulation period. Verse 10, For if, while we were enemies, look at the progression of it. Not, to, not just weak, not just actively, knowingly, and ignorantly and rebelliously sinning against him, but now even enemies. we, were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we will be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion, through His resurrection life. How to get peace, Christians? Boy, oh boy! How do I get it? How do I get this peace? At times, I I don't I don't sense it. At times I, I don't, I believe what the Word says. I believe in Ephesians 2.14, He is our peace. He is Himself our peace. I believe in Colossians 1.20, that it was through the blood of His cross, that sacrifice, that we have peace. I acknowledge that. But I'm not experiencing it right now. And yet I want it, but yet I don't have it. And when I don't experience it, it leaves me so very distressed when I start thinking with these thoughts that I just don't have it. I don't have this peace. I'm not at peace. And because I'm not, then I don't experience God's divine favor, his grace that is literally in me through Christ, resting in me. It's a serious thing. And it's been very serious for me that God has been working in. I know I have, but I have, but but as far as I know right now, I believe that that's true, but right now I just don't have peace. And if I don't have peace, we read it, Romans 5, 1 through 11, if I don't have peace, do I experience the truth of justification? No guilt, no condemnation. I'm not my sin. Romans 7, 17 and 20. Well... What happens? I know, I I know what it says. I know what it says in Acts 13, 39, that whoever believes in the Son of God is in God's sight justified, cleared of all guilt and condemnation from all things, not just some, but all things. But until me personally, God working in me and in all of us, but till I see this as taught of God, not by my thoughts, till I till I apprehend the value, the true value of Christ's work, that increase that he is. I don't have a consciousness of it in my own soul. Just don't have it. And of course, if I have this deep desire, and I do, but I don't have that peace, and I don't understand that that peace is firmly established, But until I know it, as in Christ, as well as, as the fact that Christ did die for me, it leaves me in the most intense distress. Not just for me, and that's where it starts, but for others. And in that distress, I try to correct myself. I try to correct myself. It's, it's even this distressed people that are on their deathbeds. They have such distress and anxiety. And what happens? The very character of, of Christian activity is what? Is, de, is deteriorated and made a business of trying to get happy. Trying to get happy. But not work in the power of, of the Holy Spirit by a soul that is at peace with God through Christ and if I'm really serious and boy I have been my own life and my own circumstances if I'm really serious and I walk before God and I know that I am I can't rest in my spirit until I have peace with him and the deeper all these exercises are they're not bad the better the better because all those exercises, those things we go through, those areas where we don't have peace, is just bringing up all those noxious weeds, all those things, and God's plowing us. He's plowing our soul. And they're, they're useful in this way. They are. Oh, God, take me out of the circumstance. No. No, it's useful. It's necessary. And it's not only necessary for you, But in one way or another, I'm going to be going through this if I don't have peace. And if if someone else doesn't have peace, they're going to be in distress, and that's going to come towards me. And what do I do? What do I do? Well, the fact of the matter is, and God has to constantly bring this in, he has made peace by the blood of his cross. We have peace with God in Colossians 1.28. And again, in in Romans uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, we do have that peace. His work is finished. Oh, boy. (laughs) And we think we might know just that. His work is finished. The fact is, in Hebrews 9 and verse 26, he has what? Appeared once in the end of this age to put away sin. Listen, by the sacrifice of himself. Not by anything we do the sacrifice of himself, and he finished the work which his father his father gave him to do because he's the only one that could do it in John 17 and verse 4. That work which puts away sin is complete and accepted of God. Ephesians 1, 6. Read Ephesians, the first chapter, those 23 verses. We're accepted in the Beloved in Ephesians 1, 6. If you and I come to God by him, by Christ, if your sins and mine are not all put away by him, that is that sacrifice, completely and forever, they never can be. They never can be because he can't die again. So that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to teach the Hebrews again, born again, but going back into the law in Hebrews the 6th chapter and Hebrews the 10th chapter. That unlocks all the mystery and all the confusion about those two chapters in Hebrews. It's just born again Christians and they're going back to the law and back to the flesh and trying to find peace through their own self-righteousness. Well, what happened? What did he do? He can't die again because he did all this by one sacrifice. Hebrews 10 verse 14. It's by one sacrifice for us all. And, and also in, in, in Hebrews 9, verse 26, the a part of it, it says, he must often have suffered if it's not finished, but he did. And I'm starting, me personally, I am in my growth, starting to see this more clearly, that it is a perfect finished work and it's done once for all, for all who would ever receive it, by the way. right And he died for the sins of many, not all, but for the sins of many. And we can see that. You'll even see it in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, in those 12 verses there. You will see it, and I I will see it. Okay, so, well then, what about the peace? What can I do to experience peace? That's what I want. I want to see it clearly. And, and, And it's making me very anxious. But before God ever speaks about our state and the hindrances that keep that peace out, what does he have to make clear? Has the work itself that he has done clearly been brought before our minds? Has it been? Who did this work? Who did it? We read it in Romans 5, 1 through 10. Who did this work? Of Christ did. Well, what part did you and I have in completing it? None. 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 The only thing we can't, the only part we had in it was our sins were on him, and that was it. That's the part we played. Period. That's it. Sins. These sins on us. And to what? What do we see? What part did we have? None. The only thing on, the part we had was our sins were on him. And to what was the condition of our soul when it applied to us? What was the condition of our experience, our consciousness, when it was applied to us? An ungodly state. Oh, God. Romans 5.8, ungodly. Well, aren't I supposed to be holy? Doesn't it say in Hebrews 12, verse 14, without holiness, no man will see the Lord? Yeah. But, If I don't function in the peace that I already have, then what would be the thing that would be interrupting it and causing the distress? What would it? I'll tell you, for any of us, how quickly then, with the instinct, ignorantly or rebelliously, but with the instinct of self-righteousness, we turn from Christ's work to our own holiness and to what we are before him. That can happen so quickly and so ignorantly, the flesh. Thank God in Romans 8, 9, the flesh is in us, but we're not of it. We have this desire of holiness. I do. I I want to be holy. I have this deep desire uh, to be holy. But is that found in the old man? No, even the desire that we have to experience this holiness is the fact of who we are in Christ, a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, it's a new creation. And thank God we have that. But God begins to work on the conscience that doesn't have peace, the anxiety of it. And what he's doing in us is when we function in the ignorance of false peace. We have this ignorance of false peace and he begins to break it up. He breaks it up. He does. And so what happens? He's teaching us through humility. We have to learn what we are apart from him. We have to learn what we are apart from him. We have to learn that. Well, what do I learn? Does that work of Christ Apply simply to our ungodliness or godliness. Or how about this one? Oh boy, this I had to learn. God had to say to me, "Ed, are you trying you trying to improve your condition? In the very least? Are you trying to do that? Oh my God, no wonder this fear. No wonder. When did all that apply to us? When I was completely ungodly. When I wasn't anything like him. The exact opposite. It's true. Well, then what? What are we we looking to or looking for to get peace? What are we? Well, when it isn't Christ, what is it? We are looking for an improved condition of our self-consciousness. That's what we're doing. And then, guess what? We're on the wrong road. We're on the wrong road. Because for that road, when we were ungodly, Christ met us and gave us this peace when we were ungodly. The desire is right. No wonder he hope deferred makes makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life in Proverbs 13, 12. But the fact of the matter is, for us, for us, the desire is right. But what happens to a lot of us is we put the cart before the horse. You and me, we're looking for holiness to get Christ in our experience instead of looking to Christ to get holiness. And what a huge thing I have to learn. And I am telling you, I I said to God this morning, I don't think I can share this, God. I'm just... you're counseling me and teaching me and you're driving out fear and, but I, I don't even think I'm to do this. And then he said, you do it anyway. <laughs> and so in my weakness, I, 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 I trust him. I trust him. You know, what happens? You know what we're doing? We're, listen, I can't tell you how many times I said this and what I'm facing in this particular trial. I keep looking for his help. Help me, God, please. How many times have we done that? God, help me. God, help that person, that believer. I'm talking about believers. God, help them. Because if it's unsaved, we're we're, we're praying for the salvation, of course. But I found found myself personally looking for his help and not to his work that established that peace. that That was my problem, and he's still working that in me and through me. You and I want righteousness, not help, because <laughs> that's what gave us peace. Nothing else, and Christ is our righteousness, in First Corinthians 1, in verse 30. We want righteousness. Of course we need his help every single moment. But we do because we are justified. We are cleared of all guilt and condemnation. We are justified. And if there's any good thought that we have, who's the author of it? In Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He is. They may have anything to do with us. We just receive it. What is he doing? What's he doing? We search for these things. But we don't function in the fruit of what, is, what he has made ours. In Isaiah 53 and verse 11, we literally, you and I are, everyone in Christ are, the fruit of the travail, listen, of his soul. Not mine. Not mine. And boy, I'll tell you, I've been travailing. Not mine, his. 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 And he's using that travail, he's using that trouble. In Job 23 and verse 16, the Almighty troubles me. He's making my heart soft, he's penetrating. And boy is love so patient and kind because he's leading us and he's leading me and he's leading you to see that you cannot find what you are searching for outside of Christ and what you already have. But what do we find? We find it in Romans 7, verse 18. What do we find when we don't have experienced peace based upon his righteousness that he made ours and he gave it to us in an ungodly state? So will He take? Would it ever be taken away? But no, he has to bring it to the place to will Listen, to will is present. Oh God, I do, please, please give me peace. I've been praying, please help me. God, please, 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 right? Please help me. To will is present in Romans seven, eighteen. But how to perform that which is good, I don't find, because it's not to be found in me. This will lead you and I through grace. To know that there's not a thing in me that's good. Not a single thing. And there's not one single thing in me that gives me that peace. I already have it because of Christ's work. And it's not my condition. Listen, it's not even my experience, my feelings, good or bad. It's nothing to do with that. And really, in this sense, not even the work of grace in you. Because we already have that righteousness. <laughs> it's not even that in that sense. It's not. We don't have it. That work and that work alone God does. Boy, I have to I need to get that straight. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Work out your own salvation with a reverence and a trembling. Listen, for, and God's saying, listen to me, and I am. I'm gonna hear him. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do, of his finished and established good pleasure about who you are in the pleasure of his son and his son in you before God, before him. He, it's a work that God does, but it, but it is not to lead us to look at it as the way of peace. It's not. But through it, and out of ourselves to simply rest in Christ's work and his acceptance of me before God. Well, well, what troubles me? Well, in my experience, I just feel lost. I'm, I'm, I feel lost, not just for me, but for others. God, I don't know. What can I do? <laughs> I feel lost. Yeah, because... Functioning back in that nature, that's the flesh, that is the lost experience that we're not. Because in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, the natural man receives not the things of God. He doesn't receive them because they're all ours in grace. And when I'm busy thinking in the deception of self-righteousness, trying to get the peace, I miss everything that God is towards me in Christ it's my I am accepted based upon Christ Ephesians 1 and verse 6 we're lost by this nature so but i can still hope and still cling to the fact that there is a work of grace in me though sometimes you know what we do we doubt it no wonder it says in Romans 14:22 happy is the man that condemns not himself and the thing that he allows And he that, in 23, he that doubts is damned if he eat because he's not eating of faith. Christ accomplished finished work of righteousness given to us in an ungodly state that gave us this settled peace that God has with us. We don't get, we don't try and get peace. There's so much of that teaching out there. We don't get peace by something we do to make God happy. Christ already did it. He did it. Suppose, and I, boy, did this mean something to me. Suppose, and God brought this out to me so beautifully in an experience that I have for others too. Suppose that you and I were to stand before God right now as, as, as a judge. and my case, had to be decided. Where would you and I be? As it must be in judgment, to be decided by our own works or by our own thoughts. (laughs) Good gracious me. In that state, do we have confidence? Absolutely not. There's just distress and anxiety and trying to work through things. And so that's why it says in Hebrews 10 and verse 35, cast not away your confidence. We already have that in Christ, cast it not away, but we have need of patience. That after we have done the will of God by submitting to the will that's finished it, we will have that peace and we will experience that justification that that the righteousness that Christ was and is towards us and given to us in a godly state will keep out all that distress and anxiety. Well, some could say, well, geez, I hope that would be me, but I cannot help thinking that there's still a work of grace in me, but I cannot think of judgment without fear. Jeez. just can't. God, I oh, I want to run. I can't handle it. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. This particular circumstance, this situation, God, take me out. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, fact is, Is there a work of grace that's already been established in us, in Christ? Then God has said to me, and he says to all of us, then do not doubt it. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. What you want, then, is to be in God's presence. That's what we want. We want to be in God's presence. And to know there... That if we, if God ever entered into judgment with you and I, and of course it would be based upon his, his righteousness, his love and his justice, and if it had to do with respect to my condition and my works, we're completely lost. How many Christians, how many times have I been lost like that in the last few days? Lost in my experience. Anxiety and, oh, I want it, I want it, I want it. Oh, I want the peace. Oh, God, I I need this peace. Well, well, a sinner, what is a sinner? Can a sinner be in God's presence without judgment? Can it? Listen, in that state, and God was making this clear to me, and that's why I'm literally, I'm still, he's processing me in this and through this. Again, that's why continued prayer, please. (laughs) But in that state, He has to show me, and he's been showing me. Ed, you don't want help here. You don't want that help if you actually want to be in God's presence, but you you absolutely can only have righteousness to be in his presence, and you have it. You have it. But you, you don't have it yet in your experience. It is your own, but is it your own in your experience? Is it absolute dependence upon the righteous foundation? And does it have to do with the faith? And does it have to do with a cleansed conscience in Hebrews 10 1 and 2? Is our conscience already in our position in Christ? Has it already been cleansed? Our conscience. Our conscience has been cleansed. It has. Now it has to enter into the experience through having that peace that we're trying to get through asking God to help us that we already have, has to be worked out. And so, what is it alone then that can meet and bring us into the presence of God? What is the only thing that can bring me into the presence of God? It's righteousness alone. And it is righteousness that has already given me peace. It's righteousness that's given me this peace. And only that is where we can find ourselves in his presence experientially, because we are righteous. It's not even the work of grace. Listen, it's not a continual working of grace in us that even does this. It's not even that that produces it. It's by absolute already settled faith in the work that Christ has already accomplished. And in him we possess it. Through him and through him alone, God justifies, has justified you and I when we were ungodly and we are no longer in his sight ungodly. And I I, want to close With this, and and what brings this out in such a beautiful way is when we look at the prodigal, when we look at that, and you can see it. we, We, and I won't even read them this morning, but in Luke, the 15th chapter, you will see Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke, the 15th chapter, we can see that. And when he starts in verse 11, and he goes from verse 11 in Luke 15 all the way to 32. And you can read that yourself. But this is brought out. This is brought out. The, the prodigal here, the reason that God has even given us this as the church and given us this is he's working out this illustration through this, the prodigal son. There was a work of God in him before he left the father's house. There was a work in him. And that's why, even, that's why, even when it says, when it says, he came to himself. When it says that, when you read that there in Luke, the 15th chapter, even when it says that he came to himself, what, what was that revealing? When he came to himself, as far as this work that God had already done in him before he left, He found himself perishing in his experience, and then he did an about-face and started walking back towards his father. When, When he began his journey, he starts in his own thoughts, he's acknowledging his sins. But in acknowledging his sins, and this is what was going on with me, in acknowledging his sins, he was saying in his mind to his father, make me as one of your hired servants. I promise I won't do it again. And maybe this, maybe that, maybe having to face someone and I have to face them and say, oh, I did it because of this reason, that reason, and please don't do this because I'll never do it again. And God's saying, wipe all that out. We have an advocate. We do have an advocate who represents us in the courtroom of God's justice. We have this advocate. We have him. He said, make me one of your hired servants. There was uprightness. There was an uprightness. There was a sense of God's divine goodness. And, but there was also a sense, a sense of sin in him. And so because of that, he was drawing conclusions as to what he might hope for when he met his father. That's what we do when we haven't met our Father in our experience based upon the righteousness that God has made ours through his Son. That's what he did. That's what he was revealing to him. That's what he was doing. He was drawing these conclusions, but not from the substance of who he was in Christ. And that's what we do when we want peace and when we want help. He had what... He had, and a lot of Christians would say, Well, boy, that's he's he's God's got him in this place now of humility, and he has a humble hope. But he was drawing conclusions based upon himself and based upon the fact of his father making him to be a hired servant, making him to be that way. And so he was doing that. And what did all of that prove to the prodigal? What is God proving to us when we have, don't experience the peace that's ours based upon this righteousness? You know what it is? That we never had met the Father in that area in our experience. We haven't met him. He had never, the prodigal had never met the Father. Even though he was in the house the whole time, in that area he had never met his Father. And so he couldn't reason as to how then he would be received when he did meet him. If he even had met him at all. What is that position that a believer finds himself in in their experience? One who has never met God yet in their experience. Though God had done all that work in us. (laughs) The Father had done all that work in the Son. The Son was born of the Father, brought up in the house, and yet he never knew him. He didn't meet his father in that intimacy. (laughs) Intimacy. And that's what we talked about with a dear friend recently. It was about intimacy, not diligence. The diligence comes from the fact of an intimate love that's already done everything about us. It's already done that. And that was so beautiful for us to experience together. Well, let's close it. He had never met his father Although God had done that work in him, like he's done in so many Christians, but they never have met their loving father. And they, uh, they fear because they're facing a judge based upon their anxiety, their lack of peace, and not functioning in what we call foundational righteousness, a proper image based upon Christ, who is that foundation in Matthew 16, 18. And so when he did meet his father, Finally, you hear the son confessing, I am not worthy. From that point on, from that point on, you don't hear a word of him or the father towards him to make him a hired servant. You can't find it. Was there the confession of his sin fully? Yes. Was that right in 1 John 1, 9? Yes. But what was he confessing? God will not have us He'll show us that we are forgiven. He will show us that. But he will will allow us, because of that love, to confess that sin. And that was right. That was right. He He was confessing them. But what did it do? His previous experience, all his previous experience did was bring him even in his own eyes, not the Father's, but in his own eyes, rags. And what is that in Isaiah 64 in verse six? They're rags, they're filthy rags of self-righteousness and no wonder there's no experience of peace. Because we haven't met the Father. Remember what Jesus said in John 20, 17. I am going, and he had risen from the dead when he met Mary at the tomb. And he said, I'm going to my Father and my God, and I'm going to your Father and your God. Your God. And so as we begin to close this up this morning, and boy, there's so much more on this, and hopefully um, we can share it again, and hopefully so many need to hear this. Oh, my God. I know for a fact I did, but the enemy, boy, I tell you, the enemy to keep so many away And to keep us away experientially from it, too. But again, here we are as we close. He was confessing his sins to his father. Not loving them, but still in them and confessing them. (laughs) He still was. But you know what? He had his father on his neck, kissing him. Because why? Because grace was reigning. Father was reigning toward him in grace. He had now the best robe on, the exchange from the silk, the filthy rags that don't give us peace because of self-righteousness, because we haven't met the Father through Christ. No man knows the Father but the Son, in Matthew eleven and twenty-seven, and no man knows the Son but the Father, in John six forty-four and six sixty-five. And but when he met him now. the, The rags were off and he had the best robe on, Christ, the very righteousness of God. Isaiah 61 and verse 10, we have robes of righteousness, which no progress on his own had given him. And there was nothing that he had done before it to even get it. It was a new thing to him in his experience now conferred on him even though he was brought up in the house. When in God's presence what do we need? We're going to close with this. I'm going to close with it. But what do we need when we're in God's presence? Do we need progress? Or do we need Christ? Do we need progress? Oh, how much Christianity telling you, oh, be diligent. Be diligent so you can experience this godliness that you are. Oh, God help us. Well, it was a new thing that was conferred on him. We have a need. That need is met in Philippians 4 and and, in verse 19. And that's why we can do all things. Philippians 4 verse 13. Again, we said it the other day. Until Jacob had a wrestling match, and that's what I've been in. I've been in a wrestling match because I've, I've had fears. Oh my God, so many fears. And in this one circumstance, he's bringing out a ton of past fears that the enemy has used as a handle to accuse and condemn. And boys, he's taking them out. He's taking them out, one at a time, but he's doing it. And he's so patient and so loving. And it's now, there's no process. It's not a process. 1 John 1, 7, walk in the light as he is in the light. That is not a process. That's character finished. That's proper image. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Then you have fellowship. And then you experience the cleansing that that blood did for all eternity. It's just a continuous work. Now, even in that place, you're able to confess your sins without self-righteous works. but in, 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 And then experience the peace when that confession is made because it's based upon that righteousness that is yours in Christ because he's in you and he's in me. We need Christ, not progress. We need righteousness and justification before God, not help or improvement. Not help or improvement. Thank God that we have this in him. There's so much more about this. We have the best robe on now instead of our rags, when we're in God God's presence. We have found Christ and believed in Him. He has been the propitiation for our sins in 1 John 2, 2. He's borne them already, past tense in 1 Peter 2, in verse 24 on the tree on Calvary. And we have Christ, He is our righteousness. He's our righteousness, and God condemns sin my, my sin nature and all my sins in the body of Jesus Christ when he was an offering for us in Romans 8, 2 and 3. That's why there's no guilt and condemnation in Romans 8, 1. And instead of Adam and his sins, instead of ourselves, we have Christ and we have the value of his work. So Father, thank you. And boy, I, I, uh, I hope that we can have this more. I know I need to, boy, I need to grow in this today, tomorrow. Oh Lord, thank you and praise you for this truth that we already have in Christ and you're making it known to us so we have a proper experience and a proper image because of what you have done completely apart from us. In Jesus' name, amen.